It's March 21st, 2020, and Jesus Christ is still on the throne. This is your moment. I'm Ricky Allen. First, giving honor to God and to everyone that's out there right now, I just want to let you know that we're all praying for everyone out here. I know it's hard. I know it's difficult. I know that uh, you're being faced with some things you never thought in your lifetime to be faced with. But just remember that God is still on the throne. He is still on the throne, people. This morning, our message is entitled, Where is God Now? And we'll be coming from 2 Peter, starting with the third verse. Uh, first and foremost, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you thanking you for this day. We thank you for the ability to still be doing what we're doing, even though we're not where we like to be while we're doing it, which is in our churches. But guess what? The church has always been the people. And we're now getting a chance to expound upon that mentality. And I thank you, Lord, for it. I know it comes at the most awkward of times. I know it comes at the most um, trying of moments. But Lord, I thank you for giving the church the ability and the chance to stretch its wings and really show the world what church is when there is no physical structure. You told us a long time ago that eventually we will be coming away from the mountain, that we won't be worshiping there, that, you know, it will be all in spirit and truth. And well, we're seeing that right now. We ask you, Lord, to bless all the listeners out there. And I pray that they receive something from this message that you have delivered to me to uh, relate to them. Of course, these are your words, not mine. I'm just a spokesman trying to deliver it in the best way possible. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, Second Peter 3, we're starting at the third verse. Our topic is, where is God now? Um, I felt that was only fitting because I'm sure out there in Internet world, you all have received this question. So let's start the third verse and work our way down to about verse 14. Don't worry, we'll get through it. Dear friends, this is now my second letter to you. I have written both of them as reminders to stimulate you in wholesome thinking. I want you to recall the words spoken in the past by the holy prophets and the command given by our Lord and Savior through your apostles. Above all, you must understand that in the last days, scoffers will come, scoffing and following their own evil desires. They will say, where is this coming? He promised. Ever since our ancestors died, everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation. But they deliberately forget that long ago, by God's word, the heavens came into being and the earth was formed out of the water by water. By these waters, also the world of that time was deluged and destroyed. By the same word, the present heavens and earth are reserved for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. 
the Lord is not slow in keeping his promises, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire and the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire and the elements will melt in the heat. But keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless and at peace with him. Where is God now? Once upon a time, I had an atheist neighbor that walked into my yard as I was raking leaves. And this was during the time of the whole Sandy Hook shootings and everything, the media and everything going on with that. And he asked me, where was God when all those kids were being shot up? And I looked him dead in the eye and I said, in the backyard where you all put them. And I went back to raking leaves. It always seemed that when things go bad, everyone, believer and non-believer alike, wants to know where's God. No one cares when things are going good, when the money is flowing, when they can fulfill their desires, when they can love who they want to love and how they want to love them. No, this question only comes up when their quality of life, and I say that loosely, is either threatened or completely taken away or when we're dealing with a national tragedy like we are right now with this virus. They ask, where is God now? In both of Peter's letters, he is speaking to the scattered. Not just any scattered, though. We read in 1 Peter 1, He's specifically addressing the following people who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God, the father, through the sanctifying work of the spirit to be obedient to Jesus Christ and sprinkled with his blood. So we know he's addressing believers. This is indeed a message for believers and non-believers alike. So non-believers uh, sit tight. I know you're probably tuned in because you know Ricky and you know who I am and you've known me maybe through high school, through military, through the sports writing, um, through my various webcasts, different companies, or maybe you worked with me. You Somewhere you came across me and you're tuning in because you may have never had the chance to hear me or uh, you, you, you heard I was a preacher, but you never had a chance to hear me preach. And so here's a great opportunity to get a uh, dose of God's word and to support this podcast. So I appreciate it. It's all good. Here's our first lesson. Those who don't follow God will be the first who are ready to challenge you on where your Lord and Savior is at this time. 
They will think they have you and will be wrong. Those who don't follow God will be the first who will be ready to challenge you on where your Lord and Savior is during this time. The COVID-19 virus is running crazy all over the globe with no end to sight. I can assure you that you will get this question. Where is God? They will mock everything attached to your faith and even have the audacity to quote scripture back to your face. But if you look at verse five, Peter tells us these people are, in other words, predictable and obvious with their actions. Now, why is that? Because he says they deliberately forget that long ago, God's word. By God's word, the heavens came into being and the earth was formed out of water by water. They have, let me put this in, in, in layman's terms for you. They have intentionally pushed the truth to the back of their minds. They know exactly where God is, but have chosen to ignore the truth in their, in their wickedness for the life they have chosen to live on this earth. What did they forget? That God created everything. So why ask where he is? Friends, if you're a true believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, then you must believe that he is omnipresent, meaning everywhere, omnipotent, omnipotent, I'm sorry, I tore that word up, meaning that he is all powerful and God is omnipotent, meaning all knowing. So if you think that God doesn't have a clue on what's going on down here and that he has left us and all that stuff, consider this. It's not a matter if God trusts his children. He loves his children. Yes, he does. And he hates to see us suffer. It's a matter of do we love and trust him? Let's be real for a moment. Don't you put this all on God like all of a sudden you've been 100% faithful. We've all come up short on our faith and have doubted God in the worst of times in our lives, not just now. And that includes me, folks. I put myself in the same category with you because I'm no different than you. But like any child that makes a mistake, you go back to your parents eventually to apologize and ask for forgiveness. Desire that reconciliation with God and he's going to be there because God never walks away. We do. Non-believers, if you're still on the line, I want you to go find a Christian that can tell you their story on what God has done for them. Things uh, will probably get really interesting because they're going to present to you those impossible possibilities. Things that could have only happened in the supernatural that affected their natural way of life and made it better. Verses seven through nine tell us in our next observation that God cannot be defined by our units of measure. If you believe that he is all knowing, all powerful and everywhere at once, that means you also believe that when he does return, he will do what he promised. Judge this earth. Verses seven through nine tell us why he hasn't come back 
in one sentence. Look at the end of verse 9. It says, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come into repentance. He is giving us an opportunity to make the best choice on where we're going to be when the proverbial final bell is rung. Let's put it this way. Since we're talking about bells, let's, let's put it this way. When I was in high school, like many of you back in the day, we had three bells. The first was to change class. The second bell was to give you that five minute warning. Finally, there was the final bell to let you know you should be in class getting started. If you didn't make it, you were tardy and eventually punished. God has given you several bells and many of you are hearing them, but you're taking your chances because you think you can do what you want and still make the final bell without being in trouble. I cannot stress enough how dangerous that is. Things happen. You're assuming that your life is your own when you have no idea what will happen the next day. If you wake up and if you wake up in your right mind, limbs working and health, good to go. But up to that point, those are assumptions, not facts. The fact is things can change in a moment's notice because that's where we are in the moment with God and trusting he will spare us from Satan's snare. Finally, we are presented with a hope of a renewed world, but it's only for those people who made it, who made the right choice, who were ready to go and are prepared in the kingdom, who aren't asking, where is God? They know where God is. While everything else is turning to nothingness, What should we look like as believers during this time? Fast forward to the day. As the world is struggling to deal with how to defend themselves against this virus. How should Christians look as we move to more online learning, online dialogue, uh, online representation of the church. How should we look? So when people ask, where is God? They get a good representation. The text tells us we should look holy. We should look like we believe what we've come to church to hear Sundays in and out. We should act like we know how to respond to things of this nature spiritually. We should never say that we don't know what to do. You just threw years of your church going and your Bible study into the trash and in the face of someone that might need your example. I'm not saying don't be concerned. I'm concerned. I have a wife and a son who are asthmatic. So I know, God forbid they get it, that it's going to hit them hard. And we're going to have to deal with that. 
but check it out. I also anchor that concern in prayer and in the missions in my areas of responsibility. And right now, that's my family. Right now, that's your family. And when your family is squared away, you can help your neighbors. And the, you know, you move out from that point. So when the naysayers come and they ask, where is God? Tell them that God is already here through the Holy Spirit. We don't preach too much about the Holy Spirit because the world has romanticized the spirit realm and movies and shows. So people freak out when you talk about this area, but it's real and Christians need to take heed. Turn to John 16, 8 real quick. John 16, 8 real quick. This is our correlating scripture to this message. Jesus is talking about the comforter here, the Holy Spirit, because Christ knows his physical end is on the cross and his blood must be shed for the sinners like you and me. He is trying to let the disciples know that even though this must happen, you're not going to be alone. He says the following. John 16, 8. When he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. About sin, because people don't believe in me. About righteousness, because I am going to the Father, where you can see me no longer. And about judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. God has always been here. He's here right now. And he's doing exactly what Jesus said he would do. He does it through us, around us, through situations, through us doing life with other believers and non-believers alike. This is possible through our acceptance that Jesus came to die on an old rugged cross for our sins. That I am saved because I believe this. And that he has gone to make a place for me and you and that he has left me a comforter to guide me in this thing we call life. Now, if you're out there right now and if you believe that and if you understand that you are a sinner saved by grace, just like me. When this is all said and done. I want you to be on the pathway of accepting Christ. And inspired to reach out to a church, even if we're not in the physical still months from now, I want you to be inspired to email a church right now and let them know I need to be on this side. I want to be on the winning side. I have made a lot of mistakes in life. I have done some wrong things. I've been lied to. I've been misled and it's been unfortunate, but I need to turn this thing around. I'm tired. I'm always in pain physically, mentally, emotionally. And I need different. And now I see different. Now, even though everybody's telling me that I'm, this is too late, it's not going to do anything. I do believe it's going to do something. And I want to do this. Well, friend, you are. On your way. Don't be shame. Even if you have the DM me on Facebook. Ricky Allen. 
or leave a message here on our podcast. We're going to we're going to find a way to get you in contact with the House of Prayer, with people who authentically want to help you learn and understand who Jesus is and what he's done for you. You don't got to do anything. This is not performance based faith. Don't go throw away all your uh, Jodeci CDs and your um, your Tyrese and your Boys the Men. Don't do that. I I, I haven't done that. I, I like Boys the Men. God's going to remove whatever the stumbling block is in your life right now because you have accepted him as your Lord and Savior. He's going to take care of all of that. You're going to look up and those desires are going to be gone. Whatever it is that has caused the problem between you and God, he's going to remove them. And you're going to be okay. Just remember, people. God is here. He's always been here. Don't let the world act like what's going on right now is something that is just another reason to slam God. A God that any other day of the week they would be rejecting through the policies, that they would be pushing to the background of society through their lifestyles, that they would be mocking in their media. And then as soon as something happens, they want to pose this grand question. Where is God? Believers know where he's at. It's always been here. You got to open your eyes and you got to have ears to hear and a heart to feel. And you, too, will see that and you will see him. So wherever you are today, I'm sure most of you are at home. <laughs> I'm sure of that. Uh, be encouraged. God hasn't gone anywhere. God hasn't done nothing crazy. He's still here. Well, we have a job to show the world that one truth that Jesus is still on the throne and his kingdom is still thriving. And today, there are churches all over this country who are showing they are more than the building. I know this virus sucks. I, I totally get that. But that's a blessing within itself. Because behind those computer screens, no one cares if you're black, white, Hispanic, Asian, whatever race you are, demographic you are. No one cares if you're even gay or transgender. You're, you're tuning in. You're listening for a reason. That is the pivotal moment where you are looking. Because something inside of you has said you need it. And that is where God can start. Because now you know where God is. God bless you. May heaven smile upon you. Have a great week. 
We're all working at home. I totally get all that. Uh, be patient with your children, husbands, wives. Be patient with one another. You'll have to learn some new habits, some new house culture. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Have fun. Look back on these times and look back on them with a laugh, if nothing else. Be real with one another. Be practical. Don't take yourselves too serious. Take the situation serious based upon your situation. But lighten up. You're going to be in that house for a very long time. Do us all a favor and just relax. Because when your moment comes, when that time comes where you're online and people are looking for a word, I want you to be ready and I want you to be practical. I want you to be current and relevant without compromise. And it begins with how you live with the Lord during these times. Take care. And God willing, I will see you next week.